Hey Pyros, it's Bozy. Check out my new single, Angel Wings, available on streaming platforms everywhere. Light Up the Lake 2023 show video is up on my YouTube page over at Bozy8823. Angel Wings is about loss. Hold the people that you love the most closest because you never know when they're not going to be around. Uh, yeah, I can hear it. I, that, that soundbite is legendary. Did you ever play Final Fantasy? I did not. You never that did? That one on Metal Gear Solid. The yep. last system I owned was a Sega Genesis. <laughs> that was the last video game system I owned until I got the PlayStation 2. You didn't even have the Sega Saturn? Uh, I did actually have the Sega Saturn. Actually, is it Sega Saturn or Sega CD? What was the first one? Genesis was the first one. The Saturn was the one that had discs. Well, yeah. So there was, but there Sega, was two discs. You know, there was it was Sega Genesis, and then Sega the, then they did the Sega CD add-on, and then Sega Saturn was after that, and then after that, Sega Dreamcast. Okay, then I had the Sega Saturn, and the only reason I got that is because I did some work for this lady, and they uh, she was helping her friend open up a, a battered woman home. And they mm-hmm. had a, uh, like a, I forgot that silent auction kind of thing. And you know, in the stores, they had that Sega Saturn with the big ass TV and it's like a giant display kind of thing with the little controller sticking out. Yeah. They had one of those for silent auction. Nice. And I sat there in the corner and waited almost to that section. And then I was like, walked over about a few seconds before and put $100 and I got it for a hundred bucks. <laughs> for real? Yeah. <laughs> What was the demographic at this silent auction? Were there um, just a, just a lot of yuppie, old... yuppie, yuppie people? So to them, oh. they were probably like, why do I want this in my house? Uh, people who drove <laughs> very expensive vehicles. To me, at that time, anybody was yuppie that. <laughs> at that time, it was a Toyota. What? No. <laughs> Everybody drove Toyotas. Yuppie mobiles. No, Mercedes and that kind of thing. I would consider more yuppie. Oh, I forgot. You're not that old. I'm as old as you. I'm actually, I'm older than you by what? Exactly. You're older than me, bitch. Oh my God. (laughs) You were probably born a week late. (laughs) Are you guys, how close are you guys in age? A week. For real? Yeah. I didn't realize I'm the you guys 14th, were born a week tw- apart. You're the 24th? No. 12 20th. days. That is not a week. Sorry. I was trying to remember the day. So are you the same astrological zodiac sign? Ooh. I don't think so. I think he's Aries. just over me. Yeah, I'm Pisces. Okay. That's what's wrong with him. If Katie were here, she'd tell you that you guys are different. Never said we weren't. (laughs) (laughs) Same, but different. Same, but yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Let's see. That's a great opening. Same, but different. Same, but different. (laughs) What are we talking about? Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. Where Posey, AJ, and Jamie ignite your passion for pyromusical show design while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. 
different. We don't want to be too the same because boy, wouldn't that get boring? Man, that bass line sounded awesome with these things. Did it? Yeah, <laughs> it did, dude. I was like, did wow, that was awesome. Did it? When uh, I, that's still one mix that I boot up in the car and I'm like, man, I need to finish mm. this. Off, well, not only it's, <laughs> not only is the song good, and I need to finish the song, but like just the mix in general. It's one of the mixes that you know I'll I'll boot up in the car and I'll be like, man, I, it's the low end in any kind of mix, even in in like modern metal music. It's the one part that's got to be just perfect because if it's not sitting right, it's too boomy. But you know if it's if it's too thin, then it just sounds like crap. But like everything just slams in that mix. And I love it. Too what dead. are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. I yeah. Welcome myself. to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. Hola. And that's Jamie. Hi. <laughs> we're hobbyist and semi-professional pyro show designers, and we're big fans of the modern pyro musical. This podcast is a place where we can get together, talk shop, talk art, and share tips, tricks, news, and insights with you. So uh, welcome. Hello, boys. Hola. What's going on, brother? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so hot out, dude. Why are you outside? Yeah, uh, I think they told uh, weather here in Ohio, it's supposed to be like mm, high 90s with some super high humidity Friday. Oh, you're not in the 90s yet? It's 96 today. I was going to uh, say. Yeah, I mean, it was well, yeah, hot. hot today, but like it's Friday, it's supposed to be worse. Awesome. Because, oh, yeah. The hottest day is, is Friday, I think. Or no, yeah. it's thursday for us i think tomorrow mm. my mom's birthday <laughs> happy birthday mom happy yeah. birthday mom a day happy late. belated birthday yeah there you go <laughs> happy belated. She she was her birthday was her birthday over the canoe trip is that kind of how you guys plan that every year no it was for amber's birthday oh did you do like nine other things for amber's birthday you know, she's well, one lucky woman she lets me do a lot of things so well she puts up with a lot of shit too so <laughs> Uh, not really. Uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. wait till she gets on this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're a lucky she's gonna, man. She's gonna tell us I how am. she uh, how she does all the work. Yeah, <laughs> she does do all the work. She does all the work. If you look at all the pictures, she's the one working, and AJ's the one taking the pictures. That's so, that's so not true. She's one of loads the trailer. She loads the trailer. At Sky Wars, though, we're gonna put you in the. I'm gonna put you in the driver's seat, but you got to strike it. You know, strike a really cool pose. Put you in the driver's seat, and then you can just start, you know, barking orders at Amber as she's loading the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Road to yeah. Sky Wars, Amber <laughs> Slave Edition. <laughs> AJ gets bitch slapped. Day two. <laughs> Road to Sky Wars. The help. <laughs> the help. The help. Okay, we're going to talk about. Uh, I thought uh, I thought field spacing would be an interesting topic. The last few episodes, you know, we 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 kind of you know deviated from the educational stuff and and talked about you know current events and um, uh, you know product product quality issues and other things like that. So I figured we can get back to um, you know something that would kind of help people lay out their fields uh, when it comes to. Pyro musicals, especially because, you know, shaping everything that you have on the field to create your sight picture is probably one of the most, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that 
can be considered the most important aspect of a pyro musical, but you know, it's it's crazy how they kind of all building block together and fit together like puzzle pieces to create what you see on the field. And I think field spacing is really a big one. Um, you see it quite a bit in a lot of videos that people will post and pop up, you know, in their design software, if they're designing at, you know, figuring 20 or 30 feet in between say single shot positions for their fronts. But then when that translates to the field, you can definitely tell right away that it's nowhere close to what they had initially in their design. So, um, yeah. What, I, what do you guys, I guess, no, I get exactly what you're saying. It's like yeah. in everything, but then it goes, that goes back to our original one way back testing. Yeah. I, but I'm saying, yeah, because totally, you have it's, it's to know, you have different. to, un- yeah. yeah, you got to understand what your product does, right? If you don't know what your product does or you, you don't have a genuine real life translatable idea of how that product performs, then it's hard to create proper placement on the field. Yeah. And like you said, there's a huge difference between like 30 and 45 feet. Like I've, when I was doing five stations, they were 45 feet apart, but then when they were seven stations, they were 33 feet apart. And it's amazing to see how much it actually changes everything. The way you can do shapes, especially with extra two stations. Yeah. Well, do you guys have a do you guys have a default like a like a template preset or something that loads in where you know you're more or less populating a whatever you consider your standard um, form factor for positioning on a on a site you know be it your high level positions your fronts things like that what's your what's your standard typical positioning what do you guys like to start with what do you mean how I lay out my field. Yeah. So like when you, um, in show sim, when you start a new show, are, are you just, do you get a blank canvas or can you start with like a, cause I'm sure you can probably oh, save yeah, like, like a, a preset or a preset oh, yeah, no, or yes. something, right? Yeah. I just save. So if I am for like a seven station, um, 200 feet, I have that one saved. And then I have a five station, 200 feet. Then I have a seven station, uh, 250 feet. Uh, and then a three front station, 200 feet. Those are okay. my like go-to pretty much. Cause I don't really have that much more room than that to, to stretch yeah. it out. Right. Yeah. But um, then I add things in, like if I see, I can do something with like a certain station in between and add something in there. <clears throat> That's actually something new I'm coming up with now though. But, uh, adding something in between those other stations to kind of add something like another depth, I guess, to it. Yeah. That's looking pretty cool in show sim, whether it works, I have no idea. Hopefully I'll know here in a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, um, for, for single shot positioning. So like, uh, you know, when I'll boot up finale, like my, my default preset is it's always, you know, it's formulated for the lake, right? And then anything that's outside of the the lake, it just it populates. Um, you know, I think I've got one for um the BPG OPEG annual event shoot site that's a just a template that just kind of rolls over from year to year. But you know, if if you can I guess save templates from from 
uh, show to show if it's something that you frequent and do quite a bit, you know, especially if you've had experience with that particular site before when you go to lay it out. You know, a lot of times like that, um, that Octoblast site layout, when I pop that sucker open in Google Maps to actually lay the positions out, you know, you, you feel like you've got a lot of space. But then once you, once you actually show up at the site, you kind of see, you know, like the geographical oddities that are, you know, just like the rolling hills and where things will tend to kind of fall off. And then you have tree lines um, that'll kind of, I don't know, I guess infringe upon certain spots. So it's like you, you kind of refine your, your template as you go, right? The more experience that you have with one particular shoot site, you know, something that might look really good and really appeasing in say Google earth may not look all that great um, on the site, either that, or you show up at the site and you start laying things out and you realize it's like, wow, this isn't, this isn't going to work because this is going, <laughs> you know, straight into the trees right. Or you just did, you that know, never start happens. a position. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamie, yeah. I think you guys, I mean, you have kind of have to contend with that at your at the the farm show every year. Yeah. Yeah. So I've adjusted mine. I have a template, and I make new templates which I save where I add the tower in or add the DMX in. But I've had a shift and rotate to get my positions to fit correctly. And I have a limitation on the most extreme angles and I have that all notated in, into my template. So I've learned from each, you know, each show like this year, the uh, finale cakes, I noticed that a couple of them, when they would break, the stars were kind of getting really close to the trees because they've, they've grown a little bit over the years. So I'll probably be making a little bit of adjustment to the cake positions. Um, next year but the single shots i've i've kind of learned what what i need to do there and testing makes a huge difference but yeah just I, once i find out something works i save it so i don't have to sit there and play guessing games yeah especially you when you've shot a show with those dimensions and you have something to go off of to like really know what it should look like or what it's what it did compared to what you had in your simulation I guess it really goes back to you know uh, knowing and just having a really good idea of what your product does, right? You know what well, you're talking about your presets, like knowing something that works for what you want to do. Yeah, well, it's like that's a luxury that you almost wish you had. Like some display companies, you know, they they don't necessarily have the luxury of like when they get new clients, new sponsors that come in, they're like, hey, we want you to shoot a you know pyro musical. You have this much space and, and yada yada. And sure you can go out and you know you you go out and check out the um check out the site to try to gauge, I guess, in your expertise. Here's what I think in my head, you know, here's what I've laid out. You know, if if you have an idea of what your fallout zones are and where you're gonna lay things out in like Google Earth. Or, you know, I think Finale even has their own built-in now for, um, I don't, th Jamie, that's not available to us. Is it that map overlay and hobbyist? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I, I don't, to, th I don't think it is. Uh, uh, Cody was telling me that the, I guess they just released in Finale, like you can do a lot of your site planning, the stuff that you kind of had to do before in Google Earth or another program. Um, you guess, I guess you can do that now in finale, which is kind of cool, but I, I guess there's some limitations to it. Um, yeah. but you know, neither, neither here nor there. It's, 
it's it's always wild how the site can change um you know based on your 2D image your top down image in software based and then you get there and then you realize okay well maybe I've got different limitations that I need to take into oh, yeah. effect and then you kind of go back and and change things accordingly like sky wars your unlimited show the first time we we sky wars is at that location and in the field you get out there and you're like there's a 25 foot difference between the far right position and the far left position vertically. <laughs> yeah, man. The earth is tilted <laughs> out there. Well, like, and the, so that was when the message was loud and clear to, to all of us on the pre-call back in 2020, where they're like, Hey, we don't want stuff going into those side, uh, like, like the wooded areas. Like we don't want you guys taking, you know, 60 to 70 degree angles and taking some liberties and, you know, shoot them right into the, uh, pyro parking lot, but hmm. like, so, which I understood, right. But what that forces you to do in design is this heart of fire actually has two front lines, completely segregated front lines. There's, there's one that was for effects that spanned the entire breadth and the width of the field. Um, but none of that stuff, a lot of the straight up shots were located on that line. But then it's like that second line was actually pinched in considerably. I think if the uh, AJ, what do you have the wingspan set at for Sky Wars? It's five. I think it was. Um, is it five hundred feet? It's five hundred feet. Yeah, from yeah. end to end. So it's actually five fifty. That gives yeah. you that twenty five foot. So it's five hundred feet end to end. I think this year they said no more than four seventy five. I think or something like that. Okay. To go back and check. When I designed this heart of fire, I figured for 500 feet, but the the second front line, the one where I got all the extreme angles, that's actually that does not extend more than like 200 feet from like, uh, and I'm talking like I think it's 100. Actually, it, it's 150 from center on each side, which is wild. I mean, it it didn't necessarily. I I still don't feel like that looked the best, and I I wish I would have done something a little different there, but that's. A lot of times, it's not just you know the super creative stuff. I mean, you can sit down and, and creatively go nuts, but it is always helpful to understand the limitations that you have going into a, a big design. Oh, yeah. And even then, like I bounced a couple comments into the woods a little bit, not too far, but enough in there. So lesson learned. I didn't think they would shoot that far, but when they did, I'm like, Ooh, oopsie. <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry about your box truck. <laughs> it didn't go that far. It was like 20 it feet it, in. <laughs> no, you don't understand, man. There's about 40 tree trunks. That thing's got to get through for it ever even comes close to your box truck. There was plenty of other comets flying everywhere that night. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 funny that goes back to the uh the age-old pirates of the caribbean joke that it's a more of a guideline than a rule because like it's they they say it but then it's like you you go and you watch sky wars and you see all these shows and you're like well okay (laughs) ignored 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 there's only so much though that you can do there without shooting some extreme angles and even at that close to breaking point you know what i mean yeah We'll just hang up some really big curtains right there on all <laughs> sides just to catch them. <laughs> Call your uh, fire retardant blanket guy and then see yeah. if you can just, oh. just cover the, the whole tree line. Dude, did you? I'm sorry. I'm totally going off subject, but did you see the um, message we got 
from that lady about fireproof covers? Uh, yeah, I saw that. Okay, I didn't respond. I figured. I'd no, I know what to yeah, do I I saw it. I didn't. I didn't respond to it. Well, I when she sent the the message, I I was like, oh well, that's. It reminded me of your blanket, but then again, it's like I I want to say that the. What's that? What's that goofy thing that people will like that RC thing that they put over the seahorse cases? You know, what I'm talking about that aluminum space blanket looking thing. It's like what cover cells? Like, oh, it's what just it? um, cover cells. That they it's do? just a fire yeah, it's retardant. Made by somebody. Yeah, hmm. it's a fire retardant tarp, but it's not like I don't think it has silicone on the outside of it. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's silicone. I think it's a it's like yeah, a, a it's aluminum. not a I don't know. Like it's something that's fire blankets. retardant. Yeah. Right, but well, like the, I got to, I got to thinking about it after I saw her message and I'm like, oh, well, I wonder it's probably, you know, with the silicon boots and the fire retardant, you know, uh, box blanket thingy that puts, you know, that they put over the seahorse cases. And then that, that material that you found that you can put over that thing. I, I think, you know, shy of making like a boot that is basically fireproof. I don't know that you could get much more fire. protected. Ooh, I got a good shout out to my buddy, uh, Kyle out there who listens to this. He knows how well that stuff protects in the fire. (laughs) Wow. Too soon, AJ. Too soon. It's never too soon. (laughs) I'm not mad. It's funny. Are you there? Let him live it down. Bo, did we lose Bo? No, Bo's right here. Oh, Okay. I was right here. I was letting you. Uh, so, I was letting you do your shout outs. Shout outs. <laughs> no, it was just more of what we were talking about. Drops. Clicked in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows Kyle but us. <laughs> Which Kyle is that? That Kyle. We call him the kid. He's on the crew. Oh, right. Kyle the Doug. kid. Oh yeah, Doug's future uh, son-in-law. <laughs> oh, that's future no sleeves. So going back, so I went, we went totally way off there. Partly my fault. I apologize. But yeah, definitely what um, you were saying about the comets going to the trees. Sometimes it's hard to know your site though. And I guess I pushed my luck that year because it's not like I was going to drive down there six hours just to be like, oh, okay, here's a site. Right. (laughs) And even then, like being there at your show, but it wasn't something I measured out myself. Yeah. What do you guys like to use for, you know, just run of the mill starting, you know, total foundational starting points for like uh, positions between, you know, we'll, we'll take it, I guess, effect by effect in the context of a, of a one, four show. What do you guys like to use for spacing between your single shot positions? Oh man, you're just making me give all my stuff away, huh? Hey, <clears throat> trust me, dude, it ain't a secret. <laughs> trust me, dude, it ain't a secret. Jamie, you want to go ahead? Uh, I use 35 for my, for my position, seven positions for 40 millimeters. For your 40 millimeters? 1.5 and 40 millimeters. Usually what I use on my parabolics, but that's also all the room I have. Yeah. Do you change your, okay. So that's actually, that's, that's interesting. Cause that'd be something, um, I guess that we do differently. You've got your thirties and your forties, which I guess are, you know, the modern staple, Right. That's that's the new uh, form factor that seems to be the standard going forward. So you you will purposely. Will you ever do any kind of like positional skipping when you're trying to create uh, shapings 
based on the fact that you're using a, a higher caliber effect? I purposely buy the 40 millimeter effect repeatedly. Um, so when it comes to comets with a tail, I, I usually use this tiger tails and uh, 35 is my position. This year I use 30 millimeter meteors, but they go a lot further than the comets do. So yeah. they actually still worked out in the same positioning. But if I were to buy, you know, 50 millimeters or things like that, yeah, I would adjust my spacing, but just due to my limited number of racks and space, I, I just purposely buy the product for the effect I'm trying to create. Hmm, that's strange. I've never seen a difference between 30 and 40 millimeter shooting from the same, uh, like same front line kind of thing. That's it. <clears throat> I don't how know that I've had enough experience with like the, shot. how many 30 millimeter comments in a parabolic oh. form. Uh, well, let's see. This year was you, all, you everything I shot this year was 30 millimeter. Everything. I didn't shoot any, anything besides 50 millimeter comments. I shot seven of them and yeah, that's it. Everything else was 30 millimeter this year. I think the 30 and 40, the biggest difference is the bushiness of it. Yeah, pretty much the bushiness, the thickness, and it kind of lasts a little bit higher. higher. The 50s are really bushy, and depending on the effect, WGLs and things like that, they don't go quite as distance as, say, a silver diker tail or anything like that. Are those amazing uh, two-inch gold comets? <clears throat> Yeah, those go. The Scott yeah. Smith that says he does none, but I know he's lying. I know you got some. Yeah, Scott. I know that's you got not some. something I would run on thirty-five foot spacing because <laughs> that would just look weird. So I shot those at forty-five at Skywars at forty-five feet apart. I thought that was actually pretty good distance for those. You could go closer, but it would really like. The effects, I think, would start intertwining together. You, uh, the closer you are, you're also changing your angles too. So it, it, you're you're just creating that parabolic curve. So your your distance is going to be your your ending tail is going to be a little bit different. But you change the spacing, you change your angles, you can still achieve it. Yeah, you change your your crossing and your intersection points in your shapings because your the perceived time that the effect burns, I guess, weighs how it's perceived on its flight, right? So, you know, if you hit your intersection point really early in in one of your flights, then, you know, like a 50 millimeter, obviously that's going to burn. It's going to burn quite a bit longer than I, I would imagine some of these 30s do. I've not shot them um, relative to one another, so I'm not too sure exactly uh, how much longer because I know it's like the 30s and the 40s, there is a perceivable difference in the burn times. Uh, depending on the effects that are being shot. But it's like some of it makes sense to really pay attention to. And at other times it it doesn't so much matter. Right. Um I think I was I was the same boat that AJ was in this year. I used nothing but 30s at the lake. And then from my center to my far wing positions, um about 90 feet away. And then the intermediate positions in between those are cutting that distance in half. But you know in 30s 30s burn fine, but it's like, you know, if you, I, I guess you have that relative context when it exists, right? Because I had no 40s in that show, like you, you don't have anything to kind of 
peg it against. I mean, a lot of my, um, a lot of those single shots were burning pretty much the exact same length, whether or not they, you know, obviously the brocade comets were lasting quite a bit longer, but like um, some of those wizard and, and raccoon shots, whether they were, you know, standard meteors or whether they were like meteors with mines and uh, some of the strobing effects, like the burn times are definitely affected by the caliber of the shot. And depending on the delta between your smallest and your largest, you got to take that into into consideration when you create some of those shapings. So what did you think about 30s this year though, since you shot oh, nothing but 30s, the shapings they, they, that you they can were, get with them? They were absolutely beautiful. I was worried initially, um, especially with like, cause like the, the chief effect was, was that 30 millimeter brocade comet tail, right? It was, it was an effect that in the design, you know, when, when I watched the videos and when I created the simulation, it had to burn and it had to burn fingers crossed, knock on wood as hard as you can. Um, is as long as you're seeing it burn in the, as long as you see it burn in the video, because if it doesn't, then all of my shapings, like there were shapings that I created, but there was notable time from when the shaping started from when I started it to where it, when it ended. And so, you know, when you have that kind of stepping pattern, if the effect doesn't burn as long as you think it does, then your shape falls apart before it's ever even you know, done being birthed into the space. Yeah. Or if it shoots. <clears throat> so it was one thing that I, I had to figure out how to fix on show sim and still hard on some effects is getting it to fire as quickly as it does. Sometimes if you do like a preset on a comet, when it shoots out, the time it takes from one point to end point could be different for every effect. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it could have a slow rise or like it shoots really quick. So you have to definitely know that with your product to even create that shape. Have you noticed that like, like I noticed this uh, quite a bit this year and it's, it seems like it's always been the case that mines tend to like, they're just a, a super rapid effect, but I always get the impression, and I know that this can't be real. It's got it's got to be one of these things where it's almost like a mirage, just because of, um, you know, how many stars are there, how many stars have taken fire, and but how quickly mines go from you know launch to their apex versus a single shot comet. I mean, I feel like you could shoot a meteor right next to a mine at the exact same point on a timeline, and all of those stars in the mine you know, would reach their apex and then they'd start their effect burn well before that meteor even remotely reaches the same point in its flight apex. So you're saying the mine is faster? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, mean, that, I guess that's true because look at every combo. You, ever, you never see the comet until the mine starts to reach close to its apex because then the comet starts to reach past it. Yeah. Maybe because it's just little pellets. Yeah. It's easier I, to just shoot, you know, through the air. Like there's lift, there's lift in both effects. So I was wondered why that was, right? You know, there's whether you've got a 30 millimeter mine or a 30 millimeter comment. I don't know, maybe like Ed or some of the, or David would be able to talk a little more knowledgeably about that. But I mean, it's just, it's always curious to me. And I get it. I mean, you know, one big ball of pyrotechnic material in a meteor, um, in a, your, your star versus tons of tiny itty bitty little stars like you were saying you know next to all of that lift 
I mean, I, I guess scientifically it makes sense that, you know, when that lift ignites, it's like, it's like shotgun pellets, right? You know, they're, they're out in space quickly just because they don't weigh as much as, you know, say that meteor. Yeah. So any builders out there, anybody that knows this question or knows the answer to this question, post it up, let us know. I'm actually kind of curious about that now because it wasn't until you just said that I really even thought about that. Um, which makes me have to go back and check my simulations well, so, yeah, for that so stuff I'm using. <laughs> I'll, sometime I, over the next week or two, but you know, when the when the lake video goes out this weekend, I'm, I wanted to post next to the simulation just so you know you could you could kind of see them side by side. And really, the the point of that was one, you know, to to note this kind of stuff because I really don't feel like um, I felt like a lot of the mines in that show, like I, I, they were noticeable in the way that the, the site picture took shape in the verticals because those mines were so rapid to their apex, right? Because they were already, you know, to their apex and, you know, and, and burning out before a lot of those comets kind of got to the same, the same levels. But I don't know if finale, if I felt like finale interpreted that the same way. Right, because if you shoot a mine right next to a comet or a meteor in finale, then I feel like I don't know. You're a little more in sync in the way that the stars rise. Right, your your stars in your mine and your star and your and your comet, they're they're kind of rising together. Right, you you could kind of fast forward or rewind through your timeline, and you would see them right next to each other. So I, I think that it goes back to the whole understand your effects, right? Know your effects, but getting a relative sense to what your effect might be doing next to other effects, because you're right. I mean, if you shot a mine in a video and you tried to sim it, unless you do a stellar job of trying to gauge all of those effect burn times, it's hard because you don't see it in relative context in your entire show, right? You're just hoping that the effect that you've simmed is a, is close to its real life counterpart as it could be. Because if it's not, then all of a sudden the simulation or the display may look like, okay, well, you know, what did I do wrong? What do I need to go back to the drawing board and try to adjust? And I don't know, I, like, how hard is that for you to get right in show sim? So in show sim for a mine, it's not actually that hard. Um, the mine's actually the easiest one to speed up or slow down and get it to do the speed that you're wanting. Yeah. So but that one. But you still you do have the ability to you know grab a knob and adjust, right? You can you can adjust sliders and say okay, well, not a slider. It's all numbers. You you okay. type in a number kind of thing, right. a percentage. So you can just jack up like your propulsion number and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now my stars look like they're, you know, they're rising in context next to my video and looks about right. That's not what they call it in, in there, but something like that. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mine's really weird. It's velocity. And then the other one is, um, oh, it's another word for like spread. I forget what they call it though. Like how it opens up as it leaves the effect. Yeah, I think that's that'd be mortar spread. And I but think for I, yours, I, could you just do something along the lines? If so, when you're making the effect, could you do like uh, 
a mine and then delay the comet by like, you know, a tenth of a second or something like that. So there is that relative time yeah. in realness. I, you could. I mean, you know, you can, you can go into Finale and create micro adjustments in, you know, in flight paths. And, you know, like you said, they, like, they have sliders for velocity. And, and I think the hardest part with comets in particular is you can gauge your burn times next to like I can put a video up and then and you know mock up some VDL and then go into the effects editor and just dead nuts on with a video to try to get an average burn time um, between effects but where I like you I always feel like I'm taking Finale's word for it in the native system that they they have the underlying system that initially goes hey you're creating a 30 millimeter effect so we believe that just the base 30 millimeter effect we believe that typically goes about this high which for the most part you know over the years i've i've had good luck with that and it's not been terrible but and it wasn't until you know you started doing like relative height measurements on certain effects that i got to thinking about it i'm like oh okay well i wonder what these would look like in context um you know with like a relative height measurement then you go out and you shoot something and you're like oh okay that's in finale the native simulation isn't it's not getting to the same uh vertical height apex uh for like you know like 50 millimeter uh shots you know so like just really little things like that now in the grand scheme of things i don't know i mean does that totally matter it, it could i mean if you're in a competition setting where you're trying to you know create the most symmetrical picture possible and you don't want your simulation to be lying to you then, i think that would be for anything though you, you can't really say that because if you're shooting you want it to be perfect if you're well, doing that much work you want it to be perfect every you want time, it to be as that's much what, as like, you can if you put in the work up front to make sure that the simulations are 100 percent accurate and i think you go into effect creation like with the intention of making that simulation as perfect as humanly possible. When I create an effect in Finale, you know, whether it be a poor man slice or a comet or you know anything at all, I want that to be as representative of its real life counterpart as humanly possible. But I think it's what I find difficult is the stuff that you might not think about, right? Like if you if you have a tree line um, and you can shoot single shots and then you can try to get a relative height measurement. And then just go back and double check finale to make sure that those height measurements are, you know, accurate in its its basic underlying coding. Then, you know, it's just it's another check that you can kind of put in place to ensure that you're creating an effect that's going to translate 100 percent like that. You're going to be so confident when you roll your display out that it's going to be as close to the simulation, you know, the picture that you had in your head. I have a question for you. In Finale, do you know if it adjusts for gravity? The whole system is based on... There is a physics engine in Finale. So it's like that That physics engine is basically what's, uh, you know, pulling against the stars. It's pulling against the stars. It's, you know, um, as your you star particles you? burn. What's that, Jamie? You can adjust friction, can't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because it's like th- there has to be an underlying system for gravity and wind for you to even put in a command, right? For you to put in a command or move a slider that is affecting, I guess, you know, wind resistance and gravity, there has to be an underlying system that is saying, okay, 
here is what I believe as a computer gravity is. Try, try this. Shoot a comet. Because, oh, wait, you don't have a measurement like that. That's one thing I forgot. So like in mine, I have a measurement tool that goes from the bottom to the top and it goes forever. And then yeah. left to right as well. If I shoot a comet and it reaches its apex, say, uh, 200 feet. <clears throat> when I shoot it left or right at like an 80 degree angle, it goes beyond that 200 feet because there's not so much, you know, gravity pulling down. It doesn't have the resistance. It is going straight up as going as an angle. So that I've noticed that you can adjust that as well. Cause that has a lot to do with it too. Not just straight up like shooting sideways at those huge angles. There's yeah. less resistance shooting like that. Does the show sim give you, um, does it, do an okay job of conveying you know, randomness and you know variance in shots. Oh, you, there's there's an option in there to, to um, do random orientation or to keep everything like solid. And that's like like when you hit playback. So you know, like in in finale, if you turn, um, you know, like random breaks off, for example, then then it's reading that simulation and going okay pre-fire time is baked in at like, I don't know, say two seconds. Right on that two-second mark, it would pop. But if you turn on the randomization, which is like, you know, <laughs> fireworks whole shtick, um, you know, it's going to be breaking somewhere around that. I, I'll usually keep that on. Does show some does show some give you the option to, I mean, is it doing that? Like when you're it's watching by effect, so it's not the whole show. So you have to build that. Every time you build an effect, you tie, you punch in, random or not random. So either you want it to be perfect every time <clears throat> or you go to that effect and you click the randomization and yeah. then it automatically adds that into it. I'm going to take a wild guess as to what yours is set at. Is yours set to perfect? Uh, only for uh, comments, mines, uh, breaking times. Anything breaking is not uh, comments, yeah. mines, anything that's really a constant you know yeah. what I mean, kind of thing. I'll leave it there. Like, I don't want to see the height difference. I already know it's going to be there, but I'd rather yeah. at least have that timing there. Because sometimes it will, <clears throat> excuse me, if you do a mine, it'll actually shoot it like a hair late yeah. or a hair sooner, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, why? That's weird. I, <laughs> I know. It's, that's so no weird. Idea. Why you should it's randomize It's probably one of those the... bugs that never got fixed, you know, because oh. it hasn't been updated in 10 plus years. <laughs> so... You know, whatever. It still crashes on me like every day when I'm playing with it. But I think that's because I like heat it up so high. That's only when it happens. The computer is like glowing hot. <laughs> but I did find that tool accidentally that Kyle let me get into. It's the, um, the debug tool. No, no, no. It's um, oh Jesus. Uh, the main editor effects editor. Like yeah. for him. Yeah. For like what he was building. Threw my hands up one night and I put them down. I hit the keyboard and that thing popped up. I'm like, "Ooh, what's this?" <laughs> and like after playing with it for a little bit, I I closed that effect and then I couldn't figure it out again. So <laughs> I asked Kyle about it. And he's like, "Oh, I I think it's this." And I kept clicking it and I was texting back for him. Like, it's not it. He's like, "Try this. That's not it." <laughs> Finally, he remembered. I'm not going to give the command. And then it popped up. Now I can actually take each effect and completely edit it as if he was the one designing it into the program. Like it's the actual program editor for that effect. <laughs> not going to give the command knowledge. for the, uh, for the one person six years from now that'll listen to this podcast that uses Showsim. Scott listens to it. Scott, Scott doesn't, doesn't use Showsim. 
I'm probably the only person. I, 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 no, he uses FWSIM. Think off the top of my. Hotter uses FWSIM. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody else who uses ShowSIM. A lot of people in Europe. A lot of people in Europe and Mexico, actually, because I belong to that ShowSIM Pro. Oh, you said Mexico. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the Mexican in me. It's a Shoshim. Shoshim. <laughs> I, still, I can't Shoshim. say it right. Amber I can't either. She's like, it's Shoshim. I fucked it up. Shoshim. 15 <laughs> seconds ago. I know. I fucked it up because it's like you, it's the whole Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers thing. Say it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Peter Piper picked a pepper. Yeah. And it's Piper. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be curious. I would be really curious, actually, because I, I know that there's designers out there that when they're they're laying stuff out in their simulation software, and this is given you're using a visual simulation software. And I, I think a lot of designers, especially in the amateur uh, space, and you were amateurs as well, but like I've seen guys design, um, you know, in in Finale, for example, and you know, for like 62 millimeter simulations, they'll use, you know, three inch simulations, and for for some people I've seen, I, I, it would be really hard for me to try to figure out how to make that you know translatable to a field. I think they're using just their preconceptive knowledge of their site and just using Finale as a very, very basic reference. And you know, while you can do that, you know, if you're looking to do something that's uh, as close to you know field accurate as possible, like I, I've always enjoyed being in finale and knowing that, you know, when I set my positions and they're, you know, X number of feet apart, knowing that what I'm seeing is a solid representation of what I'm going to get on show day. Have you guys talked to many people at depth to kind of get their feel for how they like to lay things out? I know this is really kind of an outlier topic and probably not something that comes up too often in conversation, but... I don't think I've ever asked anybody to be honest with you. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I it's, don't have any friends, I, so I don't oh know my god, <laughs> it's wild. What do we, it's, when uh, <clears throat> we kind of thought this topic up, I'm like, oh, I, this is kind of nuts. I mean, I think the only conversations that I've ever had with folks when it comes to site layout and positioning like your actual physical positions within you know relative in your simulation software i think the only time that i've had those conversations is you know if i'm if i'm working with somebody else on a show and you know we're trading design files back and forth or i don't know somebody was like hey you know uh i i think years ago somebody asked me like oh you know there's so much overlap in in my mid-level effects why is that and and you know then you take kind of take a look at their positioning and you and you see that they're you know, they have in their simulation software really nice set distances where things will look really good. And their simulation was, you know, the caliber roundabout was right. It was, you're, you're, even though you're seeing your placeholders or something, your 30 millimeter effects for breaking mid level, you know, say like angle cakes or something like that, they're breaking where they should. But at the same time, you know, if you take that out to a shoot site and then you kind of cheat in, then, all of a sudden, like it's it's not going to translate. Your your whole shoot size is going to kind of get squished. 
I guess if I've never asked anybody that kind of question, um, uh, actually, I guess I asked you the very first time, like how wide your positions were and that kind of reference. But I've, I've never really asked anybody else. Actually, I lied. I asked Scott Smith right after his show in 2020. Cause I yeah, was kind of curious. Dude, it's, it's, it's cool when you see, um, you know, cause I was, I was really curious at, uh, at Cobra Con, you know, when, um, when Jameson w- and, um, and Brian were doing their, their one, four pro seminar, it derailed really quick. You know, obviously the, the state of one, four pro was a big deal, but you know, just to be able to kind of pick, um, pick Tim's brain on, you know, spacing, I, you know, nice round spacing that they like to use. And it was really, it was really cool to see that, you know, like his philosophy on single shot spacing, um, it, it's really not like it's, it's not super in depth. I mean, he's, it's just, it's, he's done it so much that, you know, he knows w- what spacing in between racks. And I believe the, the r- nice round number was right around 30 feet, you know, 30 feet in between racks, you know, 28 to 30 feet. But that 28 to 30 feet in between racks, you know, it just creates a very, very, very symmetrical, um, you know, I, I guess average space for the caliber effects that you tend to, to work with in the one four pro space. But it's really cool, you know, going back to what you said about seeing Scott's show, like you, you see people shoot shows and you're like, oh my God, you know, you look at the show and you're like, holy shit, that's, that's perfect. I mean, that like the wingspan, just the spacing looked really, really nice. Um, and you're like, okay, I got to know what's, what, what'd you use? <laughs> what was the spacing between those racks? Well, especially cause it's like, you see it on a different size too. You know what I mean? Like a, a different platform that you're not used to shooting as well. So it looks completely different. I think the wider your field is, the more you can stretch it out and still do a bunch of cool stuff. Whereas if it's just shorter, field then you actually have to squish your stuff in tighter and make effects like that kind of like what you said you have to raise your effects sooner so that way you can still reach that parabolic within your limitations yeah and you can have more positions the wider your field is too and hit more points and it's more pronounced yeah i I think the more right because the more the more points of origin that you add on say a front line, I mean, the, the more defined your, you know, like your curvatures and your, your spacing and your shapings are going to look, but which is kind of cool because you, the more points of origin that you add, uh, in a lateral field spacing, you know, you really do give yourself options. I, I think something that you see so often in this space is you just see, you know, people assume that if you're, if you're doing runs from left to right and left to right, and you're just ripping the shit out of it, that every single one of those effects needs to be the exact same effect. I mean, that is so far from true. You know, I like that's, that's where you can really kind of explore color harmonies and spacing um, in your ability to do that, because that's going to completely change uh, the look and the flow of whatever shapes you're trying to create. Uh, so let's see, what else can we talk about here for oh, thought- spacing? Why is Jamie so quiet tonight? He's a tired boy. You guys are smarter than me. I don't know about that. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. I don't know about that. I'm the dumbest one here. Uh, And neither one of you said no. See? So, well, we got in a fight last week. So I figured I was, I I bit my tongue there. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. 
Let's see. Well, okay. So we talked a lot about single shots. What about mm. uh, cakes? I mean, I mean, yeah. I guess that's a good. I never thought about what you were just saying. That as we could go through layout by effects, I guess, and by different cakes. You know, fans straight up that kind of thing. That's a, a good point with cakes. <clears throat> again, it's knowing how wide. It's like, so if you got a fan cake, you got to know what your width is and what how you want it to going. go. Do you want it to balloon together? Do you want it, the tips just to touch? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I knew as soon as I said it, Jamie was going to be ah, I knew it. Oh, what are we gosh. talking about? The tips. Oh, touching. touching. <laughs> they touch. Very softly. Swords. Don't cross the tips. Uh-huh. Every uh, kid played streams and swords. Yeah, no, the young girls in the fan with, you know, whether it's 60, 90, 120, and that makes a difference on the spacing. I usually run my cakes about 100 feet. Oh, footage. I thought you were talking about degrees. I'm like, what cake shoots at 120? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that wind, uh, Don't you want wind corset cake is about 300. <laughs> yeah, that's so pretty, though. It was till I saw it going to the neighbor's house. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Then comes the horse lord. <laughs> You need a sound clip for that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll find. I'll find something. Um, I'm sure we got his his voice on camera. We can just use his recorded clips. No, nah, if anything, we got the <laughs> the sound of his diesel truck. Oh yeah, pulling up in the driveway. Boy, he really <laughs> he was in a hurry. Uh, I guess see. for in like straight up kicks, uh, the closer you're in. If you shoot them singly, try to angle your cake slightly so that way they're just not much together because they're already, they're already, eh, there's already going to be a drift in that shell or insert, whatever it is. So those higher, you know, 10, nine shot kind of cakes, angle them out a little bit so that way they, it still gives you a bigger sky picture. But like you said, there's always going to be some amount of drift, but I think once you more or less peg, hey, Here's the caliber of my insert and, you know, say perfect world, you get your simulation you know, dead nuts on and it is a solid representation in your software of, you know, how it's going to burn, um, you know, when that insert breaks, when all of the stages are going to burn exactly how far about, um, you know, your, uh, your stars are going to burn before they burn out and they're no longer perceivable. Define what it is that you're trying to achieve in the usage of that effect, right? If you're trying to, if you're trying to fill a void space, if you're trying to create flow, either it, you know, be it laterally, or you know, if you're trying to flow from the ground up, um, being able to space that stuff properly, you know, going back to a perfect simulation, it really does make your life easier. Come show day, and you know, people seem to get kind of crazy with like, oh my god, my my 62 millimeter shells touched each other, you know, in, in their sight picture. And that's fine. I mean, if, if, if you didn't want that effect, you know, just, just understand, um, understand your break apex, right? Understand your break apex and uh, about how much that effect is going to bloom before it burns out. Right. Um, I, I've always been a fan of just a little bit of overlap in high level effects. Just the tips, just the tips. Right. (laughs) Just a grazing. Important thing on that is 
Make sure you record your shows and get that high level effect if you're trying to adjust that because I tell you what, the first two years was so frustrating. I'd get all these recordings. I'm like, I can't see my 62s. Yeah. Anybody record the show where I can see the 62s. Yeah. So being able to do that and you're like, oh, maybe I should move them or like AJ said, angle them out. You can... uh learn from experience, but you need to have those recordings. Dude, I was, shows. I was so guilty of that though. And still to a degree, like I, 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 I think this is just my bias showing for my love of single shots, but I, I tend to cheat down in the camera angles and like, I mean, I have a lens. I went out and bought a lens, you know, that has a nice wide field of view, but I, I still feel like sometimes when I'll watch my displays, it's like, ah, oh, man, I kind of wish that, you know, I, I've actually started putting a GoPro out to have a reference point, right? So I have the entirety of my display in frame. Um, you know, I know you get the get the fisheye thing with little action cameras and things like that, but they, they really are great for, you know, not just having video of your show in, you know, in the most basic kind of footage, but being able to reference that is huge for making sure like going back and making adjustments, going back, making adjustments. And then, you know, the next time you roll it out, you're like, okay, um, I didn't like how my shells touched here. So I want to move my positions out if my site prohibits it or site prohibiting, excuse me. You were like one second ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, okay. Um, so, but question for you, Bo, cause I, I've only seen, I think 62s in one of your video clips. Have you shot many of those in your show? I shot them, just yeah. single shots. <laughs> yeah. Jim. Yes. Jim, Jim Preby. He'd all tell you them. that all I do is single shots. All of them. <laughs> um, That's why there's a shortage. I'm single handedly responsible for the shortage two or three years. Across the nation. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the 22 the nation. I'm going to make a t-shirt and just say my bad on it. My bad, donation. my bad. And actually all of the letters are going to be made out of single shots. My bad. <laughs> Spaced out equally. This is great. This is one. See, it took an hour and that was like, that was, that was divine. That's a awesome shirt idea. Um, 62s. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I flip flopped. Um, I started with just no abs and then, you know, moved from the no abs to, uh, do you remember when spirit first got their, I think it was 60 millimeter shells. There's yeah, 60. 60. Yeah. When they first got their sixties, I, I used those. Uh, I can't remember what year that was. I don't know if that was 2015 or 2016, but I think that was the first year that I used prepackaged. Um, Proline single shots. But then like every year past that, it changed, right? Like I would flip-flop. I would go from the 60s or the 62s, you know, be it dominated, I think, because I migrated from those to no abs. Because then I, I just loved um, Pyro Candy and, um, oh shit, what's the one? What's the one that's like, it's just like a big, awesome brocade with like a, um, a glittering pistol, uh, strobing red pistol. Dominator? Uh, no, I don't know if it was Dominator or if it was uh, Winda. Oh shit! And how do I not remember what this is? Is it a flowering brocade or just a brocade? No, it's just it's a it's a no ab. Um, 
but it's not pirate wacky candy. Tobacco. That's it. Yeah, it's wacky tobacco. Yep. Yeah. So I would go. I'd go back and forth depending on what effect I was looking for. But for the most part, um, you know, I, I I'd swap every other year from one to the other. And I don't why I did that. I don't know. I mean, I, I call it like either. I think one year I'm like, you know what? I just wanted a little more variety in the high level. Like I wanted effects that weren't just one solid color, right? I wanted to, I yeah. wanted other colors in that high level and no abs were a great way to do that. But really, it was really the only way to do that. I, I never used 62s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I need a sound clip for liars. <laughs> liar! Liar! There you go. Liar! You Don't can't handle heard. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you, you lie. You lie, you lie like a rug. <laughs> Put your life in his. But hands. the year I was there, he used a lot of uh, no abs too. Was it? Was that year right? I think it was when you guys came to no, the lake. When you guys came to the lake, I think I used no abs that year. And then Jamie, he that's all he, he used. Super Nefella is. Uh, 62s. Yeah. I always use a lot of those. No, but he had a lot of no Noab broke apart too, remember? You had that special rack for Noabs? Who, me or? Oh, Jamie. Jamie. I don't did remember. You, did you break apart Noabs? <laughs> oh, I, I did because. Uh, oh, I was say. Yeah, I did because I used a lot of the dragon. Uh, yeah. For the uh, special effects, just to kind of slow it down a little bit. Which I do that on my uh, board a lot too. Just because some of those special effects, ghost shells, things like that. The stuff you'd wish you'd see a 62 made out of? Yes, because I'm tired of the same 12 effects in the 62 millimeter. It's kind of getting boring. Same solid colored stuff, man. Yeah. And I, I, I'm almost out of purple. Correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like they're trying to make progress by creating um, effects that are supposed to be long burning, like horsetails and you know changing stuff up. But I don't know if it's oh, it's working. Whoa! Slowly but surely, progress. I'm trying to think what else is really new besides that new. What was that one that you that you shot? That was like a that we were making fun of because it was supposed to be like a, it was, a, Oh yeah. It's the, uh, uh, Purple and green? no, 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 no. It was the, uh, uh, it was like a horse tail, but it was dahlias, which I, I'm thinking to myself, man, that's such an You're odd. talking about the red and blue dahlia waterfalls. AJ, it was that one that you, you called me and I was, cause I remember standing in the garage, I was charging modules and we were watching this video and you were, you were pissed off. Cause you're like, look at this. Oh, the one shit. I sent you. Look at the Dahlia. It's like it breaks and it's supposed to be a Dahlia horsetail, but like the Dahlias burn out instantly, which, you know, a Dahlia is just, it's not a lot of stars. That's the whole point of a Dahlia. It's supposed to be really vibrant burning stars. And you know, just bigger stars in general, but it like it burned out within a second, a second or two, which is insane. But yeah, as it like just using you know like uh, my design eye, 
I would never think to myself sitting behind the computer, like dreaming up cool effects. You know what would make an awesome horse tail? Like three stars. <laughs> it just seems weird to me. There was no break though. <clears throat> oh, and, okay. Never mind. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, it broke, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. It, it breaks, but it only breaks into a few stars. And then they start. It's like if I wanted that, I'd go to the Marine shop and then buy one of those flares. You know, like uh, <laughs> flare guns. Yeah. So, like a flare gun. If I wanted it to just burn all the way, that's it. That'd be a hell of a long lasting effect. We should do that for Sky Wars, AJ. Do you see the. Uh, Red. What was the effect? We're going to go to the Marine shop and just buy a bunch of those flares that you, you know, when you, um, when your ship sinks, it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that gray area in the contract or in the, <laughs> when the fire marshal goes, what the hell was that? Saying, oh, man, I swear to <laughs> God, I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> To see Dominator. Everybody on the crew at a certain part of the song shut, pulls out shut, their gun. Shut, yeah. do, 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 do. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what was that? That was the part of the show. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They have more coming up. <laughs> Sir, you don't understand. AJ was drowning in emotion. It's like that that guy on YouTube who plays the drums with his guns. Have you seen that guy before? Oh yeah. Yep. Well, you guys can do that in part of the, the musical from this, from there shooting out into the field. It was so good. They were part of it. I say we just make your entire show like a Terminator live action remake, like Universal Studios. Ride motorcycles. Jamie and I can ride, just ride motorcycles everywhere and shotguns and I'll throw Katie on the back of a bike. Do talking about we got the scooter a- crew, man. Now, so we can just <laughs> the scooters, you just stick some uh, rockets and all kinds of stuff oh on that my thing. God. Drive around the field. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, it's too much. It's too much. Oh god, all right. Uh, let's see, we're an hour and seven minutes in. Uh, anything is there anything that we didn't hit on? When it comes to field spacing, I, mean, talk I always about feel kicks. like I feel like when we do this shit, that there's always something we miss, and then I'll go back and I'll listen to the podcast. I'm like, "Fuck, we missed this. I forgot to talk about it." Well, we talk about field spacing. We said one shots, <clears throat> described how we use, not really how we use them, but things to think about. Cakes. We talked about slices. I guess you know that's a whole different realm. Yeah, because it's it's similar to cakes, but you have to know like, you know, like a sea slice. You really yeah. got to have the room for it. Oh, and and how do you want that in your show? Yeah, yeah. Well, like like creative creative use of the space that you have, right? I've seen like so Nathan Dexter does an awesome job of using a super narrow shoot site. 90 feet um, wide. Or yeah, like it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, like I, and I've seen a lot of shows where people will, you know, they'll cheat in or they'll try to cheat out on, on narrow shoot sites. And then it just kind of, it becomes like a, a convoluted mess. I mean, if you have a site that's super tight, right. Understand that like, if you only have a, a if you only have a width of say a hundred feet from end to end, right. No, that there's other ways to shoot. I think people see like single shot runs and they think to themselves, well, shit, I, I can't take my furthest rightmost position and shoot it into the trees. And either that or they're the total opposite of that. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm doing it. 
Um, you know, and then they try to create these, these, these super, I like that, that kind of stuff I see. And I'm like, Oh God, please don't do that. But like, there's ways to creatively use that small space to your advantage. Right. I mean, you know, do cross field, you can do cross field flowing movements where you're taking, you know, everything on the right and shooting it off to the left, same thing on the other side, but understand the importance of building vertically too. You know, like I, that's something that Nathan did super, super well in his shows this year when I watched the video. It was like he he did a really good job of drawing your emphasis to every single vertical, but he gave those verticals time to breathe and flow, which is really cool, right? And then at the times where he wanted to to kind of cap it off and emphasize certain points, like that's when he would start filling up the verticals, right? It created that sense of relativity in your entire vertical spectrum, right? Because it's so important to have that vertical spectrum when you only have 90 feet end to end. Yeah. He, I saw a show this year and I thought the same thing. I, I liked how he separated, like you said, everything above and then he used down below to, you know, emphasize a section and then would create that down to up so that your eyes went up. He played around up there and then brought your eyes back down. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. That's something that I did so poorly for a, a number of years, and honestly, I, I want to say that like I've consciously tried to get better at it over the last I don't know, call it one or two years. But like I, I would have shells a lot of the times. I would go in and, and emphasize beats with with shell breaks, but then you would see that like it didn't really mesh up with things below, right? I mean, if you're if you're going ape shit in your low level right? And then trying to emphasize downbeats in your mid-level, but then you're also emphasizing downbeats in your high level and you're not at a, a point in the display where you're trying to create some finality in a, a like a traditional finale that's just kind of like, you know, puking and doing things everywhere. Then all you're doing is creating noise, right? You're creating noise. And I'm not talking like the noise that you hear. I'm, I'm talking, I mean, obviously it's that too, but I'm talking about as a viewer and as a spectator, when you look at the shoot site, it's really hard to try to figure out what to focus on, right? So it's, it, it is really important to understand, you know, how can I make my entire site flow and breathe as one cohesive picture? Um, that's kind of like, it's, it's taking the spectator through a journey, but, you know, like, I don't know how else to describe it other than say like a, almost like a micro journey, right? You know, obviously your display is a journey in and of, in and of itself, but the way that you can pull people's attention and, and draw their eyes to certain parts of the field and just like take it from point A to point B. I think if you can do that tastefully and, you know, go back and realize like, Hey, there was nothing here that was distracting me. Like I was always, always looking at this one focal point and this one focal point always led me to another focal point then I think you're doing things really solidly, right? You, you're doing a hell of a job at, at creating a visual story. Yeah, and sometimes you can lose that though when you're getting into it. Because if you, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess the very first show I did, I guess that's the first thing I thought of after watching it was like, man, I just had top and bottom going like the whole time. And it was like, dude, yeah, none of it made me sense. Man. Same. <laughs> like, well, I, when I think when <laughs> I mean, unless you, you were, have something extremely high, like you can have like a mid effect, like yeah. if I'm one, three, one, four show, you can have that bottom, like midsection, just doing something soft. 
and using the shells above where you can still kind of see that lower level, but it's not hitting beats. It's more like a filler. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Then that, yeah, that's perfect. If the shells are hitting where they're supposed to and the bottom's just a filler, it's all you're getting is a double layer effect. When you're when you're using that filler to I, whether you're filling a void space, but more importantly, does the void space that you're filling make sense at the time in which you're filling it? Right? Like, what did your last effect do? What did your last effect do? And where's your eye going? You know, what are you paying attention to? I, I think when a problem that I always had in finale was, you know, I would zoom my camera so far out, right? And this is back in finale business. I'd zoom my camera so stinking far out and I would just get like this. I just wanted this monster. Like I wanted to be able to view my entire site picture. Um, you just like, like you were not have to, yeah, not have feet. to draw my eyes. <laughs> like, but that's not reality. In reality, you're going to be, I, I'm exactly what, 260 some odd feet from, you know, my furthest leftmost position at the lake and it's cattywampus. It's off to the side like that. The, the angle in which the lake show is viewed in the videos, that is exactly the point in which I put my camera in finale. And then I design watching that and I'll even do it on the backside because I'm on the backside of that display. I'm, I'm designing it the other way around. Like the whole display is designed from the audience's perspective, but then I have a couple of presets that will bounce my camera around from, you know, my my uncle's house, which is dead nuts center on position three, and then I have one for for me on the other side where I can get my view of the display and then kind of like you know try to digest it the same way that I'm going to be digesting it in real life when the display goes off. And if I can make all of that stuff cohesively make sense, you know, and, and leave spots like it, it was, dude, you would, have. <laughs> there's, there's spots when you see the video this week where you're going to get, you're going to go, Oh, I, I see Bo pump the brakes there. He purposely put nothing there because of what it would have done. I wound up taking cues out of the show you know, two or three weeks before the show, because I don't think it made sense in the grand scheme of the picture. Like it was filling space, but it was just messy, right? It, it didn't necessarily flow into didn't the spot that I, there. yeah, right. It, it didn't flow into the spot that made sense for, you know, what I like, what felt like the maximum effect. And yes, so everybody knows we haven't seen a show either. We have to wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, anyways. <laughs> That's something that you were talking about using your video camera, like or in your camera on the simulation to see where you're at. I guess that's what helped me because when I went back, I did the same thing so that if something above is not creating enough where my eyes are missing that, like or it's broken up, then I don't want anything down low. So I use that as in like, <clears throat> excuse me, that these are going to fill in and then I'll take, like you said, whatever location that the, the the effect is taking you down or up and then create an up down effect again or, mm -hmm. or an up up to down down to up kind of effect because that makes more sense because if not you literally have to move your eyes <clears throat> being that close you know to the fireworks you look up and then by the time you look up something went off down below you have to go up to down so that your eyes follow yep it's like a basketball almost like dribbling. That's, right. that's, that's like, a good way to put like it. It's like watching uh, kids soccer if you threw 16 fucking soccer balls out on the field. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the chaoticness it can be. But I guess like dribbling, I mean, that's like a rhythm. I, it's, hey, man, it's a rhythm. <laughs> Just uh, think about it like that. Up and down, up and... Oh, that sounds bad. But, <laughs> up and down, to wow. the side, to the left. What's that country song? Up stroking down. to the east, stroking to the west. <laughs> That's a country song? It is. I'm broken. <laughs> Try that in a small town. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love it. This, this one's not making it on now. That's <laughs> my bad. Podbeam's just going to cancel us for that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> they made a penis joke. <laughs> Turn that off. Can't he said, that try that in our town. Can't have that here. Yeah. 100%, dude. Because it's like, it took me a very long time to learn that, that valuable lesson. And I feel like I'm still trying to learn that lesson. I'm still trying to figure out what is too much. You know, when I, I, I rewind back to this heart of fire in 2020, like that was too much. Everything about that show to me when I watch it now, I'm like, uh, I mean, it was cool. And it was a, it was an exhibition of, of timing, but that's it. I mean, to me, like the, the display in and of itself is ugly. Um, and it just, it doesn't like there's spots where I feel like I built correctly. And then there's spots where even in a perfect world, right. Cause I won't, I'm not going to blame that on product. Right. Because it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it is the vision of, of the designer, right? You gotta, you gotta understand how to objectively look at your work and, and know, okay, what can I do better? What can I do better? And, and how can I evolve the way that I think about my shoot sites? objectively look at my field and know what was it about this particular spot or this particular section of my display didn't make sense. Why don't I like that? You know, and you know, if you can see past the, you know, like uh, inconsistent product or you can see past you know, smoke and you can see past these other things, what is it that if you can do your darndest to try to articulate to yourself, Oh, I, I shot a bunch of stuff in the mid-level and shot a bunch of stuff on the high level. And then I had a whole bunch of shit going off in the bottom. Like I was trying to keep a rhythm and a beat with the bottom. And I did that, but I'm keeping totally separate points of emphasis in two other verticals. And if those aren't meshing or you know, it's not something that you can perceive based on where you are in the audience then it may not work and you know it might be time to go back to the drawing board and try to try to figure out how to um i i guess reevaluate your thought process are you talking about how like you followed like lyrics for one effect followed like a downbeat for another effect cuz like that's I don't how know I, if when was... i watched it i i yeah. i followed the beats and then i would look at it, the effect of and then where it where it hit and then I would watch your one shots. And that's how I kind of took it. Like you almost did like yeah, three, I know, you but were trying like, to do three instruments at once. Does that make sense? This is, it's, it's almost like a headspace and, you know, like time and place kind of thing. Right. Because my, my mindset and the way that I lay stuff out on the timeline was different in 2020 than, than it is now. Right. When I first started doing this stuff, I mean, like, you know, you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth when it comes to how we like to, all of us are. Fuck. I mean, we really enjoy trying to 
emphasize as many points of interest as possible. But when I, f- I know first started, hard and like, dude, and it, like even through to you know I, several years into into my journey, it took me a while to try to figure out. Okay, I like the super fast stuff, and I really do genuinely believe that there is a place for the super fast stuff. You know, there's there's spots in the music where it makes sense, but everything is relative, right? And you can't be relative. If everything is big, then nothing is big. Does that make sense? You know, if everything is, yeah, if everything is pedal to the metal, then it's got no sense of relativity. Like everybody's just, you're, you're looking at the same kind of speed, you know, from point A to point B. And if there's no point of relativity where you kind of, you know, lay off of it and, and emphasize different things, your flow isn't right. I think also is, I think we talked about this before. Like I talk to Amber when I'm listening to a song and say, what do you hear? Because what I hear and what other people hear, I want to emphasize that more than what I hear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if not, then like you said, then I'll be like, ooh, I want to get those drums with that guitar because that sounds really good. <laughs> but then when you put them together, you're like, um. Right. It might not look, it looks, might look. Amber, weird. can you tell what's what here? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One's coming out then. <laughs> yeah. I really do like the whole, you know, like when you listen to a song, like I, I think trying to unplug from the super, super technical piece of it, you know, like it, it, being a musician, it was really hard like to unplug from like, oh my God, you know, I'm hearing these drums, I'm hearing that double bass and like, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm grooving. And before you know it, you know, 16 bars in, you're out of, uh, 16 cases of single shots. Um, <laughs> but like getting, a, like getting away from that to try to almost listen to music differently. And I don't want to, and I'm just saying, I'm saying that from our standpoint as, as people that are familiar with music and the intricacies of playing music, like that was where my head was when I first started doing this stuff. Right. So I, I've had to kind of disconnect from the whole technical aspect of the music. I'll still by all means do it like with a guitar solo or something like that. You know, I'm trying to emphasize as, as many of my notes in my guitar solos as humanly possible because I still hear that and I still see it. You know, I always, when I heard a guitar solo, I, I would always see like, see really cool zipper cakes and like, it's cause it's a moment where even as a music layman, when you get to a guitar solo, you think that things are moving, right? Things are, things are changing and things, you know, are, are, are getting, you know, you know, you're, you're getting to a point. It's like, you can't help, but want to put something cool there. And I think that that's always going to be ingrained in, in my designs, but I feel like remember to not put anything else in the air while you're doing it. Cause yeah. <laughs> that's the focal point. <laughs> yeah. And so like, even then though, like this year, I feel like if I, if I learned anything from the lake this year, it's like during the guitar solo, I put shells up 62 millimeter shells over my solo and it provided a backdrop. But if I hindsight being 2020, if I could go back, I would have pulled them out because it's like, I didn't see it in the simulation. Like I'd see it in the simulation and they created a really cool, you know, okay, boom the solo is opening up and here we go. But I had single shots doing the single shot thing during the solo 
And, you know, I, I, I kind of did a lot of that, you know, the back and forth vertical movement that I like to do the uh, space invaders kind of thing during the guitar solo in a lot of spots space with both the space invaders awesome. thing you know, with like the, with mines and, and meteors. But I, f- I felt like the shells, I could have better placed those shells at certain points rather than stepping the shells. And you know what I'm talking about when I like was stepping the shells through, through different beats while they provided that backdrop, they probably weren't necessary. And they probably did nothing but that, which was provide a backdrop. But there were probably people at the display looking at that, that point in time. And you know, if they could hear the music, um, you know, they, those big shells might've been distracting. You know, they might've been pulling them away from from everything that was meant to be the focal point of those spots. Yeah. I was on the guitar solo of mine this year. It took everything in me not to put shells up on mine because if my zipper cakes didn't go off, it would have been 20 seconds of black sky. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that redundancy too. Well, if this doesn't go off, at least this goes off. Yeah. But fortunately they, they went. And it actually turned out pretty nice. Yeah. So when you were talking about those shells, um, I mean, guess like you said, where like it breaks and that's the opening too. Are those really cool parts in a solo where it's like that high pitched, like, you know, um, pinch harmonic. Yeah. And it blows out, you know, you could pop <laughs> yeah, right. one there because you only have one note to emphasize for a few seconds. Yeah. And because if you have exactly, if you have that point where, you know, you look like you're really opening up a note and you're, you know, you're letting that melody sustain. You can use those shells to emphasize that sustain. But if yeah, you if have a, in bunch a triplet of, like three times, you can't yeah, do good shells luck. above yeah, that. Right. Good. Yeah, right. It's not, probably not the effective <laughs> choice when you're, you know, uh, going apeshit on 16th note triplets, um, <laughs> Van Halen style. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, you're absolutely right, man. And it's like you know, I think I think you live and learn every single every single time that you go out. And uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty because I think in the heat of the moment when you're designing it, you go out and you get a lot of feedback, and you know that that feedback is extremely helpful. And it's like that's that's one thing that I've never like. This is I'm cut from my father's cloth, right? I want everything to be a surprise. Which is why I'm so cagey and like you, you know, never send you guys. You know, you used to share. I used to share, but that's because you bugged me to death, and then I'd be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. That's so not true. <laughs> twenty twenty, you sent to me and you said, "Hey, dude, check this out. Tell me what you think." <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, "Yes, I'm the first one to see this shit." Saw <laughs> <all> me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jamie, you got any, uh, you got any pearls of wisdom for me before we close out this hour and a fucking half long episode of talking about field spacing? I'm just taking down notes. I'm taking lots down and lots of notes. notes. You're such a liar. I am learning from the pros right now. No way. Yeah. You know this stuff every year. <laughs> I take down lots of notes. Not really, because no, I just told you, you what I fucked up. So make sure you write that part down. I did. Okay. Oh, <laughs> fucked wow. Up. I did. Oh, fucked up. Yeah. At exactly. one minute, 26 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hates shells during solo. Make the sure best, it makes you know, it past edit. <laughs> what I would say is, you know, like I said earlier, record 
record your shows and the things that you do so you can make that reference point and not constantly have to try to figure it out every time you do a show. You know, you're yeah. going to learn your space and you're going to learn your product. You're going to learn that, okay, my uppers and laterals and verticals and horizontals are all, you know, they need to be adjusted and tweaked. And once you were like record, it's like, that's it. You have it all in your simulation. You have all your angles. That's your template for the next time you do it. And each, each time you record, you catch something, you learn and take it out and you make that minor adjustment and it makes a huge, huge effect down the road and it becomes second nature. And don't be afraid to judge your own show afterwards too. I mean, everybody wants to be like, oh, that was awesome. But there's always that stuff. I think we're all like that too. When you're watching a show, you're like, oh, that pisses me off. Why did yeah, that happen? If you ever need your show Why to be judged, that? just call AJ. <laughs> I fucking never judged anybody's <laughs> shit. That's so fucked up. Wow. Hey, wait a minute. I thought maybe, Bo was uh, someone that said that he maybe, wanted us to like try judge like somebody's this. stuff. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that idea? By the way, that's really okay. yeah, that's really cool, man. Just, just maybe maybe try this next time. You see that? I, I, maybe I see start that a lot over. Of, I see got a lot of masking tape on these racks. I mean, yeah. uh, sorry, my eyes twitching. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I finally got the last piece off this year, I think. I think I finally found the last piece of half inch long fucking tape. For Christmas, I'm getting you your uh um uh, I'm gonna get your calipers and a bottle of goo gone. <laughs> calipers and a bottle of bottle what? of goo gone. A goo goof off. Goo gone. Goof off, goof on, same difference. All right, now going back on what you were talking about the shells real quick as well. It popped in my head when you were talking, and then we deviated. What what popped in your head? Not in my head. That'd be pretty bad. Oh God! Zing. Using shells in the air, where you were saying about you know instead of single shots, you can use shells in the air to emphasize a certain section of a song too. If it's like like you said, if it's like um. I mean, you've done it at the end of your songs where you'll have that whole double bass or and the cymbals are going together and it's just that fade out kind of like, you know, thank you, New York. It's the last kind of night of the song. And it's just boom, 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 boom. You're just, I mean, you can do that. And then those technically don't really have to always hit on that point because it's that feeling you get of that kind of end of the night thing where everything's slowly fading and it's just filling that sky. You know, this is the it. This yeah. is the end. like I'm I, so like embodying that that the traditional and I think I've always I like at the end of the lake show is almost always end every single lake show with like just like um I realized several episodes ago you'd ask me you're like oh when's the last time you know you shot a cake all the way through like you just like in its native form without you know splitting it up and trying to to really get crazy with it and I I don't know like I put it out of my head. But I do it every year, right? Every single finale um, is just like usually brocade sky puke. It's brocade sky puke trying to fill, you know, just trying to fill up the low level, the mid, and then the high level spectrum with um, with shells, right? Because it's like that's that's always how I've seen the traditional, you know, uh, American show finale, right? It's it's almost like a a, a cap nod to the opening up of like things coming to a close, right. And then doing something really cool. And then like in the last two years, I think I've tried to create space at the very end 
to you know throw in um, you know, an actual run of of some kind. But for the most part, it was you know it's like all that traditional finale. But they absolutely have a place. Randomization, no matter how you swing it. I, I always feel like when you hit a point where you let cakes kind of randomly do their thing, I, it does have a place and you can create a totally different mood and feel by doing that. And it's, it, it can be really special if you can do it correctly. And design it correctly. Yes. That's the biggest And part. it's great because it saves cues. <laughs> And single shots. And you need everyone. Okay, so he liked six cakes. He saved himself uh, 36 cues, if not, <laughs> probably more. One mod. I saved myself. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, got any uh, final thoughts on field spacing? Oh, that was my kind of my final thought. Sorry. Oh, final, final thought. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh. I guess it really goes down to everything that we talked about from the very beginning. It's just, yeah, just start the podcast mm, over. Yeah, I know it's so hard. I can't, <laughs> I can't think that, of a final, final God. thought because I it's have like, so many we, thoughts. No, say this for a so certain much... time. These people can just rewind. <laughs> I know. You've, well, you made me think of something when you were talking earlier, and like it's now it's stuck in my head of like, <laughs> hey, hey, that's a good idea. I never thought about that. Like I thought about it, but didn't think about it in that way that you said it. So now I'm going to revisit a sim. <laughs> <laughs> really i am it's crazy i, I thought about something I'm like hmm. <laughs> all right i'm titillated oh final uh, thoughts that just like know your stuff know your field layout and design within your limits and within your cubes account that you're able to do if anything try to Take your your field layout that you have and try to make as many angles or parabolics or any kind of randomized effect you could think of. That way you have your go-tos for that Pacific size layout and certain uh, certain footage stations laid out. Pacific. 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 Yeah, not the Atlantic ones. Yeah, not the Atlantic ones. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, I true that, man. You know, make sure your like your your simulations your your simulations are so so fucking telling. Um, if you get them right, then I, I think you win, right? Because it, no matter what design software you're in, I, I think they all do a foundationally good job of keeping you in the ballpark, right? So if you have uh, you know whether you're programming basic VDL and Finale or wh- whatever you do. <laughs> and show sim, um, you know, you, you, like you get as long as you feel like you're getting a good site picture. Know that the site picture that you've created. Be serious about translating that actual layout, the measurements that you have in your design software, to real life. Because if they don't mesh, and there are differences between the two, then your display like your simulation is going to be lying to you, right? It's not going to be a valid representation of what you're going to see on show day. And so, you know, Mike and Scott, <clears throat> both sell simulations. Authentic. They can buy them. I think they, uh, they <laughs> on that one group chat, they're like, is this for real? 
this, this, this dude that's on Team AJ is trying to sell us, uh, trying to sell us finale simulations <laughs> to use in our shows for Sky Wars. Fuck that. What's this point four we free know fire time? Stick. Yeah. <laughs> four second free fire. <laughs> that can't be right. Bo's got some worse. It's kind of a hidden, randomized. Pre-fire time. Yeah, Why are all the mines lasting on? eleven seconds? It's an update. All I, dude. Yeah, I realized that I've got the the one that I have up on the store is fucked up. For uh, was it was it Dragon Jamie? Dragon or Dragon Strike? No, it's not Dragon Strike. I think it's Dragon. What are we talking about the a boot? A boot. Uh, <laughs> Dragon is Dragon. Did I have the rows right in Dragon? Oh yeah, you had all all the rows were when you separated them. They were all fanning like left to right and never. Back, well, back. no. So like that, that's deliberate because like the, I, I guess I assumed that the user would just orient it. I'm not that smart. <laughs> the way that they wanted. Just it's nice to know though. This is good degrees. feedback. This is actually excellent feedback. You're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is not going the way that I want it to go. <laughs> so maybe I'll put now a, uh, maybe I'll put right, a disclaimer. Right User needs to orient effects. Uh, the way they must have basic like knowledge of finale 3d. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I had something screwed up on the rows though on dragon. Did I have them like coupled together as like, you know, like, didn't I have like row one and two, like three, like in the description, had, uh, the description row one and up. two, row three and four, row five and six. And that was like, um, there was more rows than you had listed on there because you had paired rows together, but there were four physical. So there were four individual line items. Right. But, but there was actually, yeah, there it was, was just more conf- rows yeah. in the actual cake than what you had line items in, in, yeah. So th- there was, I thought there was only four rows in that cake. No, there's six or eight. I don't remember now. I think there is only four rows actually. And yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I think it's a big tube, like little tube, big tube, ago. little tube, big tube, little tube kind of thing. Well, it's a good thing I don't have a comment box. <laughs> <laughs> we, talked about, we talked <laughs> about it. We talked about it. I know I did. You sent me that picture, and when I looked at it, because I, I when I looked at it, and then when I went into finale and then looked at uh, Dragon, like I know what I did was when I created that effect, I didn't physically have it in front of me, so I was curious if because you the made way that more those, rows than there was, I think is what it was. No, I, I think I just described it on the line item. So like line one. I had it in the line. I had row one and two. I had that called out, but it was still one effect. Right. So the description is just like, it makes people kind of scratch their head because they're like, hold on, this could get confusing, which I understand. Yeah. I was trying to label it and it was like, okay, row one and two, but it's, yeah. it's, it's row one. <laughs> My bad dog. Yep. That's <laughs> why my show sucked. I'll give you a $6 oh. refund. Yeah. It's all right. I found another cue that had a solder. Did you? Yeah. Q eighteen. It must oh have been the God. first time I used a full slide on that one. Which is wild. You guys have thirty six shot racks. What the fuck? <laughs> using all those cues. Yeah, you, you get the memo. One two eighteen. One, one, yeah, right. <laughs> Who the fuck needs the other one? <laughs> 
Okay. All right. This is it. We done. Stop talking about it. Stop, Stop talking, talking about, about it. it.